<laughs> that locks, right, okay. Hey. Phew. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've got some nice mackerel here this morning. Freshly caught from Morrison's. <laughs> and uh, Sue's going to be cooking this while I'm speaking to you. <laughs> so, we've been thinking about this memory verse that we had up earlier on, where it says, where Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And that story that we heard this morning from the Bible about the disciples going out to fish, and it tells us in the story that when they went out, they caught nothing. Just like Jesus said. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And they went out and they caught nothing. It's the same word. So this story is a brilliant example of what happens when we trust Jesus and allow Jesus to step into our lives. Now, two things I want to kind of just share with you this morning. Can we have the next slide, please, Josh? Okay, here are two truths that this story teaches us. Firstly, Jesus meets us in our real world. Do you know this? In the story, Jesus doesn't meet Peter in a religious building. He meets him in his real world. The disciples have gone back to a place called Galilee where they lived, and they've gone back to their old jobs. They were fishermen, and they've gone out fishing because that was how they earned their money to support their families. So they had to go back and do something, and that's what they were doing. They were out fishing. But here's something really embarrassing for them. Here are these guys, experienced fishermen, in their home waters, and they go out fishing, and they catch nothing. And they come back feeling really embarrassed and bad about this, because they think, well, I should have caught something, but they didn't. And even badder news is they didn't have anything for their breakfast. Because they had nothing, they had nothing for their breakfast. But Jesus meets them in their real world. The real world of fish, the real world of water, the real world of boats, the real world of nets, the real world of sand on the beach. It's a real story where Jesus meets them in the real world. There's a really interesting little detail in the story. In verse 11, in the passage, it says, Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Isn't that a funny number? 153. Imagine if you were making up a story about catching fish. You would have said, we caught hundreds of fish. We caught thousands of fish. You might have come up with a, a kind of popular number. Oh, we caught 100 fish. But no, John says, we caught 153 fish. And that's really important, you see, because a lot of people think the Bible is, is like a fairy story. But it's not a fairy story. And I tell you why it isn't a fairy story. It isn't a fairy story because there's so much detail and information in it. You don't do that if you're making it up. Who makes up a random number like 153? <laughs> Nobody would do that. The reason why the Bible says there were 153 fish is somebody took the time to count. Can you imagine if you got a huge haul of fish, you'd want to check how many you had. You want to check if you've broken the world record. You would want to check because you could go and tell your friends, wow, we caught 153 fish. It's what you do. 
Before they met Jesus, they caught nothing. Now they meet Jesus, they catch 153. Without me, you can do nothing, says Jesus. Here's the point. Jesus meets them in their real world, in their real jobs, in their real life, in their real needs. And he can do the same for you. Jesus wants to meet us in our real world. Jesus wants to meet us where we are right now. Jesus wants to come and be part of our activities, part of our jobs, part of our relationships. Jesus wants to transform us from nothingness to meaninglessness, to meaningfulness, <laughs> or fruitfulness. <laughs> from nothing to fruitfulness. Jesus meets us in our real world. And he can do that with us this morning. Wherever, we at, wherever we're at, Jesus wants to meet us in our real world. And here's the second thing. Can we have the next slide, please, Josh? Is Jesus meets us as a real person. You know, some people think that the, if you ever saw a dead person come back to life, it would have to be a ghost. Jesus is not a ghost. Jesus meets them as a real person. How do we know that? Well, he cooks for them. He provides the fish. He cooks it on the fire. He eats it. He speaks to them. He gives them instructions. He engages in conversation with them. He engages in their real world as a real person. So, can you smell the fish now? Yeah? Real world, you see. As Jesus stood over the fire, they all smelt the fish. This is real world stuff. It's not some spirit world. It's not some ghost. And Jesus wants to do this for us today. He not only wants to meet us in our real world, he wants to meet us as a real person. And he can do this because Peter recognized that this Jesus, he says, was the Lord. That wasn't a phrase that they used without thinking about. To call someone Lord meant he was their God. He was the most important person. They meet Jesus as a real person, as their Lord. It is this Jesus, who is the same Jesus who died on the cross as their saviour. It is this Jesus who was buried in the tomb, and it is this Jesus who has risen again. And so just as Jesus met the disciples' deepest need at that breakfast table in Galilee, so this morning he wants to meet our deepest need as we share breakfast together this morning. And Jesus can do that. He's a real person who wants to come into our real world and affect our real lives. We started off that video, the resurrection changes everything. And we believe that's true. We believe that Jesus' resurrection changes the world. It changes the way we look at the world, and it can change our lives as well. Well, at the end of the service, if anyone would like to come and try a bit of fish, come up the front, and Sue will give you a little bit of fish, okay? Is anyone brave enough? It looks really nice. Still got the heads and tails on mind, but it looks really nice, and it smells really nice. So if you'd like to share in a breakfast at the end, do come up and try a little bit of fish. Okay, we're going to pray now, and um, Erica, who is our family's pastor, she works with families in the church, is going to come and lead us in our prayers this morning, and particularly as we pray for our children and young people. Can we have the next slide, please, Josh? Morning. Next slide. Thank you.
Is it on? Oh, sorry, Eric, it's not on. I switched it off. <laughs> there we go. Okay. That's better. I know that I'm normally quietly spoken, although my kids tell you different. Um, thinking about what Stuart's just said about Jesus meeting us in our real world, when we say we pray, that's another way of saying we're going to talk to God. And we're going to talk to God this morning about exams, talking about being in our real world. I guess lots of us here already know somebody who is perhaps preparing for or is already doing exams right now. And it can be a little bit stressful, can't it? It might be you, and you might be feeling a little bit stressed like this, or you might be feeling stressed right out there and some more. And you might be asking yourself lots of questions like, will I know the questions? Will I know the answers? Will I have enough time? Will I have revised enough? Will I need a we in the exam? Anything like that. But you know, what's really good, what I really love, is that no matter how smart you are or not, it makes absolutely no difference to how God views you. This might seem a really big thing at the moment, but it's actually a very small part of your life. And God loves you inside out, and he's got a plan for your life, and your future is absolutely safe in his hands. And so this morning, God actually says to us, tell me about your worries. Why? Because I care for you. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to tell God about our concerns about exams, whether it's for yourself or somebody that you know. And he's so amazing that you don't need fancy words. You can a he actually knows what those sighs mean when you've just had enough and you've no words. So I'm going to say some words, and then I'll leave some space for you to talk to God in your own way, and you'll know when it's finished because I'll say some words and then say amen. So shall we talk to God now? God, we thank you that you love us inside out and unconditionally because you made us for your pleasure. That being smart doesn't make us worth more to you. Please protect our hearts and our thinking if we begin to feel less than. God, you already have a plan for our lives. These exams, although they seem so big to us right now, are just a small part of our lives. God, thank you so much that our future is safe in your hands. God, you tell us to give all our worries to you because you care for us. Leave a space now. Tell God about how you are worried about anxious or anything in your own words, whether it's for yourself or someone that you know, confident that he hears and cares for you. God, you tell us that you will give us the strength to do all things that we have to. We thank you that you are bigger than our fears and that we don't even have to put it into words, but you hear even our sighs and know what they mean. We ask you to give us your special peace. God, we just want to thank you for every time when you've helped us in the past. Maybe it was to keep our minds concentrating when we were tired. Maybe it was that comforting talk from a parent, grandparent, friend. 
Maybe it was that teacher who explained something that we just didn't get. We thank you and we ask that you especially help those teachers who are working so hard to help us. In your own words now, ask God to remind you of those times and people and say thank you to him. Maybe God's brought someone into your mind as we've been talking to him. Maybe it's one of your friends at school or college. Maybe your own children or grandchildren or those that you teach. Tell God about them now and ask God to show you if there's a way that you can help them. God, we know that sometimes it's hard to know what to do to help in practical ways or how to pray. You know these people inside out and love them more than we ever could. Please help them and show us if there's some way we can, something that we can do or say. God, thank you that I'm able to say in every part of my life that you are there rooting for me, strengthening me, comforting me, and whatever happens, good or bad, that I'm able to say I'm okay because you, God, are standing with me, strengthening me, comforting me, and guiding me. Amen. Okay, thank you, Erica. Right, we're going to sing one more song, and then we're going to uh, have the blessing uh, of Jack. So, um, next song is called Every Step, and it's, it just fits in, doesn't it, that God is with us every step of the way. And again, any kids or adults like to come and help us with the actions? <laughs> 